Hey, welcome back to Real Talk. So it's February and it's time to talk about love because it's Valentine's Day. And what is love? It's a giant stuffed dog and some flowers, right? Maybe some chocolates? Maybe, but maybe it's more than that. So the word love is interesting, right? Because we could say, like, I might say I love the time as a kid that I spent playing basketball in the driveway with my dad. I might also say, I love buffalo chicken pizza. And in both cases, I'm using the same word love, but we know I'm using it very differently. So you can love God, you can love your husband or wife, you could love your kids, your friends, you can love your job, you could love the eagles. And we use that word so interchangeably, but obviously it means different things and has different weight to it every time we use it. So actually the Bible kind of clears up some things about our understanding of the word love. Maybe makes it a little bit easier. So the Bible is written in three different languages. The Old Testament, primarily Hebrew, a little bit of Aramaic. The New Testament is written in Greek. It's called Koine Greek and it's really common, blue collar, working man and woman kind of a language. And so in the Old Testament, kind of like English, Hebrew really only has one word for love. It's the word ahava. And you see that word translated into the word love all over the Old Testament. So, for example, there is a Jewish prayer. It's called the Shema, and it uses the word ahava. So it goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love, or ahava, the Lord your God, with all your heart, soul, and strength. And the way that we do that, the way that we show that love, that ahava, is by honoring God's commandments. And the word is used in many different kinds of ways. So Abraham had ahava, or ahavad, his son Isaac, family love. Jacob had ahava toward Rachel, romantic love. You can ahava God. And so that's the way it's used in the Old Testament. Now, fast forward to the New Testament and it gets really interesting because in the New Testament, so from Jesus's time forward, there are actually four words in Greek for the word love. And so it's not quite as broad as our word love. It kind of goes, drives down a little bit. So here are some of the words. The first word is the word eros. And that is like romantic sexual love. It's where we get our word erotic. And basically it means I'm happy with something or I see something and I'm attracted to it. So that's one word. The second word is the word storge. And storge is usually like a family love. It's kind of the reciprocal love between a parent and a child. But honestly, it could also be used to describe the way you feel like about your dog, okay? Like it's something that's close to you and it makes you feel kind of warm. So those are a couple of the Greek words for love. We don't use those much, so we'll kind of push those aside. Two words that I wanna focus on. The first one is the word philia. And that's one word for love. And think of it this way. It's the opposite or the antonym of the word phobia. So phobia is like you run from something. Philia is you intentionally move towards something. And it's like this warm friendship kind of love. So like Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love. It's two Greek words. It's philos and adelphos, the city of brotherly love put together. 
And this word shows up in the Bible. Probably the, the most obvious place is in Romans 12, verse 10. And it says, be devoted to each other in love, in philia. And it's, so it's this, it's this friendship, compassionate, relational kind of love. And the way we do that, the Bible says, is that we honor each other. So just real interaction, relational love. And the thing about this word is that, like any relationship kind of emotion, philia can get stretched. It can actually get strained and can be broken at some time. So the word that I want to talk about most for love, the most important one, is the word agape. Agape is love from God. So John 3.16. For God so agaped the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but he have eternal life. And so it is this this love that comes from God. Now, just like God's love, agape is never a feeling. It's not a warm and fuzzy. Agape love is a choice. It's love that we act out, that we live out. So God agapes us as he forgives us of our sins. You might agape your significant other in forgiving them for the argument that you had yesterday. You agape your children by uh, putting a roof over their head and getting them food. You agape your friend by simply spending time together. It's love that's, that's lived out. It is active. You know, the thing about God is he never withholds this love, this agape love from us. I think one of the coolest things about the word agape is that it doesn't really show up in any other um, contemporary Greek text to the the Bible. Uh, The reason for that is that nowhere else can we learn of agape love. It is modeled to us in God's love. It's unique to God. And I think what's so cool about that is you and I, we're actually, because we're made in the image of God, we're hardwired to love people. And, and even more, if you're a Christ follower, then God's spirit dwells inside of you. And, and man, you are, are made to love. So like, why does this matter, right? Well, first of all, I just think it's kind of cool because words are important. I mean, God could have spoken to us any way that he wanted to, and he chose words. In fact, he chose more than three quarter of a million words to speak to us. So like, I think we should try and understand some of the things that that God says to us. But even more than that, have have you heard of, of the love passage the love chapter in the Bible, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And you've heard it probably at weddings, love is patient, love is kind. Well, the word that Paul uses there in Greek is agape. So agape is patient, and agape is kind, and agape never boasts, and agape has no rock record of wrongdoing, and agape uh, does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but instead agape always protects, and agape always trusts, and agape always hopes, and agape preserves. Probably sometime in your life, I hope a number of times in your life, you have experienced agape love. Someone has agape loved you in your most broken moments, in your ugliest times, your just weakest times. Someone loved you. You didn't deserve it at all. 
but they reached out and they cared for you and they showed you love. That is agape love. And you can remember, you thinking about it right now, you know what that feels like. That's the way that God loves us. So when we talk about love, we're, we're, we're thinking about love. It's on the brain because it's Valentine's Day, right? So should you, should you run out and, and get a big old one of these? I mean, maybe, but I would challenge you to think about what is, what is God-inspired love? What is love that really sees a person? This agape love that God first showed to us is the same kind of love that we're called to show other people, your spouse, your, your friend, your kids, yes, but also the stranger and that panhandler you see as you drive to work and, and even your enemy. Maybe you take a minute and you go back and you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because yes, we read it at weddings, but it is so much more applicable than just the love between spouses. It is the kind of love that God has shown us and that we are tasked with showing everyone that we come into contact. Hope that helps. I hope that inspires you to think about how you can better love the people around you and love God more. See you next time on Real Talk.